just keep it. All right. Thank you, Hema. Man, like she said, go Jesus. What a great testimony of God taking that load and, and replacing it with his peace. And that's what we're talking about today. We're continuing our message series, When You're Running on Empty, and looking at lightening your load. And if I haven't met you yet, my name is Jonathan Hupp, and I get to serve as, as pastor here. And just a couple weeks ago, I took a little road trip up to the Chicago area for a, a little reunion with my two best friends from high school. And I wanted to bring, I brought, was bringing up three bikes, because we were going to do some biking while we were there, and so I, I drove our minivan. And I had a great time, but on the way back, I, I calculated the gas mileage I was getting, and our van is 16 years old. And it's, this is not a Honda commercial, but we, we got it new, and it's running strong, like 260 or 70,000 miles. And I calculated the gas mileage, I was like, wow, we're getting, I got 28 miles per gallon. This is, this is pretty good. And I thought, and I remembered the last time I had calculated was last summer, when we took a family adventure road trip. And we've got five kids, and so... We were, it was not only a, a trip out, we went to Utah, like camping in the national parks and then to California and visited my brother in Northern California. So we, had, we loaded up the same van with five kids and all our camping gear. So they've got tents, you've got sleeping bags. In my case, there's an air mattress. You've got all our, all our food. Um, I even threw in a bunch of firewood for the first part of the trip because I didn't want to be looking for that. And so when we... Before we left, you'd look at this van. It's like sunk down almost to the curb. You know, it's like really loaded down. And not only on this trip was our gas mileage n- not nearly the same. You know, I think we were getting like 20 miles per gallon maybe. But we had multiple breakdowns. Our radiator went out. Our air conditioner went out. We had brakes going out. All this stuff was going out. And a lot of that was the difference in that when you're overloaded, you... Don't go as far, and you break down more. And a lot of you are sitting here today, and you're feeling overloaded. And it's, it's very easy to be on overload. I think in our culture, it's, it's, it's kind of the way things are many times. But today, a lot of you, you're overloaded physically. You're overloaded mentally. You're overloaded emotionally. Some of you are overloaded relationally. There's, you're overloaded with school, or work, or kids, or finances, or a relationship issue, or a conflict, all these different things. And we're, uh, I mentioned last week, but this series, we're calling it Running on Empty, and our team came up with this theme, like, yeah, we think this is what we should focus on coming out of Easter, and we're talking about what it's like to run on empty, but also how the empty tomb, that when Jesus was raised from the dead and the tomb was empty, that the power that led to the tomb being empty, is really what God wants us to run on. That we, instead of running on empty the way we tend to, we can run on the power of the empty tomb. And I, as we were getting ready, there's a, a, a famous pastor, Rick Warren, who wrote The Purpose Driven Life and pastors a church called Saddleback Church in California that did a similar series called When You're Running on Empty. And so we, we took, I want to give them credit, we took some of our themes and ideas from them. And as I was looking at some of their notes, someone had written him a, 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 a note. And, and actually, they surveyed their church and said, hey, what's the, the biggest, what are the biggest problems in your life? And what keeps you from serving God 100%? What holds you back? And the number one answer, there was the nagging thing, and that kept people from living life as they should, or from living for God 100%. You know what the number one answer was? Busyness. 
busyness, all this stuff that comes at us and we feel overloaded with. And someone wrote in this note, and, and she said, Dear Pastor Rick, I can't remember the last time I felt refreshed and rested. My life has been on overload for years. There are too many expectations, too many responsibilities, too many activities, and too many decisions. It all just seems like it has to be done immediately. Anyone else feel like this besides me? I often feel like I'm putting my fingers in the holes of a dam, but I don't have enough fingers to stop all the leaks. I'm tired of always rushing to the next activity. Even after a good night's sleep, I still feel drained and fatigued. When I look around, I see that this feeling is not unique. Everybody's overloaded. Nobody has any margin in their lives. Everybody is trying to do so much. We don't have time to do what's most important because every moment is packed. This is madness. It can't be God's will for our lives. I really want to learn how to rest and relax in God's plan. Not just for my own, my own health, but because I see how my kids are learning the same crazy lifestyle. And, you know, we're doing this series because we want you, we want the next generation, we want the members of Bluemont Church and our community to be healthy in every way. You know, we want you to be the healthiest people around. Because that's what God's heart is. But these are very real challenges to get in the way of that. And uh, in the Bible, there was a guy named Job who, was, who really understood overload. And Job said this about his life. In Job 6, 2, and 3, he said, If my misery could be weighed, in other words, the load or the burden that I'm carried, carrying, if you could pile the whole bitter load on the scales, it would be heavier than all the sand of the sea. Is it any wonder that I'm screaming like a caged cat? <laughs> man, any of you feel like that? It's like, oh, man, it's just like, I can't take it anymore. This is too much. Um, this, that guy, he's on overload. He's, he's burning out. He's running on empty. And we're going to look at a, a well-known passage that, of advice that Jesus gave to us, an invitation that he gives to us, where he summarizes the secrets of stress management really in three simple sentences. Three sentences, and he gives us all we need to know about stress management. And really, there's more wisdom than this than all the books you find at, at the bookstore, all the, the self-help books, all the seminars you might go to, any pills you take. There's more insight into stress management and help here than all of that combined. And if you would get what he's telling us today, it's going to help us. Not that the stressors are going to go down, but that you won't be bothered by it anymore. And that's really what God has for us. I know that you know, I, I carry a fair amount of responsibility in my life. I've got five kids and, you know, other stuff going on. But as I've applied these principles and this truth in my life, I've experienced the grace of God and not being overwhelmed and under it. And so it's something we can learn. So here it is, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. This is, this is Jesus' advice, what he calls us into. He says, come to me all who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I will give you more to do. No, that's not what he says. Thank God. Well, that's what we think he's going to say a lot of times. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, because I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your souls. For the yoke I will give you is easy, and the load I will put on you is light. 
And the first principle, Jesus says, to manage our stress, to, to lighten our load, the first thing we've got to do is come to him. Come to Jesus. If we want to reduce the overload, we come to Jesus. And it's interesting that in the Bible, you read the Bible, people came to Jesus for all sorts of reasons. They came to Jesus for healing. They came to Jesus with questions. They came to Jesus because they, they weren't getting along with their buddies. They had relational issues for all sorts of reasons. But this is a reason maybe we've never thought of. We can come to Jesus. He invites us to come to him to handle the burden, to handle the load, to handle the stress. And, you know, this is a, a special kind of rest. It's not just physical rest, but it's something much deeper because the issue we have is it's a tired mind. It's, it's tension. It's fear. It's worry. It's anxiety and guilt and resentment. It's the stuff in our mind. It's not really the external circumstances that cause us to feel the way we do, but it's, it's the stuff that, that comes internally. And, you know, it's the problems that we think, think about in our mind over and over and over again. That We've talked about how worry is, is self-prayer. We're really like praying to ourselves, just like thinking about these things over and over and over again. And that's, that's where this, this exhaustion comes from. And, you know, all of us have, have ways that we try to deal with the stress. Let me ask you a, a kind of personal question. What do you do to deal with the pressure? Is it, um, let's go see a movie? Or maybe, I don't want to cook tonight. Let's, let's go out to eat. You know, that's, that sounds like a good one to me. Um, or a hobby, or a sport, or different forms of recreation. Or maybe, I'm going to take a nap. You know, all these are good things. But there's nothing wrong with any of those things, but none of these will give us rest for our soul. None of us will really meet us in that place of where we really need it. And there's only one thing that can rest our soul, and, and that's God. And in Isaiah 40, this is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, but God says this in Isaiah 40, 29 and 31. He says, it says, He gives power to those who are tired and worn out. He offers strength to the weak. Those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. And so, when we're stressed out, if you're stressed out, the answer, again, it's not a program, it's not a book, it's not a plan, it's not a principle, it's not a pill, but it's a person. And this is really what makes Christianity different from every other religion. Like, every other religion and philosophy is about, hey, if you just do the right things... If you manage your right life, your, your life right, if you get, find the right principles and do them, and do them well, then you can be successful or find peace. But Christianity is not based on principles, although there are principles, but ultimately it's about a personal relationship with Jesus. It's about coming to him, coming to Jesus. And what does this look like? I mean, I, I, as we were worshiping this morning, I just thought, man, it was, I think God was involved in picking these songs, because it was like, all the songs we were singing were about coming to Jesus. It was about looking to him and look to the Son, look to who he is. Because so often in life, like, that's not our go-to thing. We, we, we go to everything else. But that's really what, what, where we find peace. It's, it's coming to him. And it's, you know, it's not even coming to church. It's not even going to a community group or going to a Bible study or doing all the, the good things that we should do. But that's not what God invites us into. It's not come to those things. It's Come to me. What does this look like? Well, a lot of times it's just getting by yourself and being quiet 
for like 10 minutes. You know, this week, it was like Wednesday morning, I was, I, the week was already very full, and I was feeling like there's too much in my mind, I'm not handling this very well, and I had an early morning appointment, and I pulled up to my office, and it was still fairly early in the morning, and I, I realized, I just need some time with God here. I just, I haven't gotten enough. And I just, I sat, there's a front porch there, and I thought, this, I want to be outside. So I just sat on the front porch, and just for like 10, 15 minutes, just sat there. I was like, if people walk by, they might think I'm weird, but I'm hoping they don't notice me too much. But I'm just, I need God. And I just sat there quietly, I was like, God, I'm coming to you right now. If there's anything you want to speak to me, would you speak it to me right now? And I just, would you just fill me up on the inside? And that's really, it's amazing how, and that's something I practice regularly in my life. A lot of times it's in my living room. I get up in the morning and just the day, it's already the to-do stuff is swirling around, but it's, I may sit in a chair for 30 minutes and it's like, what just happened right there? But it's just a place of sitting and waiting on God. And it's not, it's not even reading the Bible. It's not even praying too much. But it's just coming to Jesus and saying, Lord, I need you. You know, it's, it's incredible. It never fails that if I truly, authentically come to him, there is a sense of peace that comes. There is, it, there, usually, oftentimes there are ideas that come. It's, usually, it's not usually like lightning from the sky or just this overwhelmingly audible voice. That's never happened to me. But there, there's, what, there's inspiration. From God, they start to get clarity. Oh, yeah, this is what I need to do today. Oh, this is where I need to focus. Oh, th- this is what's really true. And God comes and, and meets us in that place. And He does that for me. That's what He wants to do for all of us. And, you know, it's um, the, th- the thing is, though, we, we're not too good with, with quiet a lot of times. Right? I mean, we're used to we turn on the TV, we turn on the radio, we've got music in our ear, we've got social media all the time, we've got background stuff. I mean, if I just stopped talking for 10 minutes, and we were quiet. Like, most of us would get pretty uncomfortable. That would be kind of weird. But that's that's our problem, because there's a place of quietness and coming to Jesus that we need to do that to get what we need. How do we do that? I kind of described it, but I love how in the message paraphrase of the Bible, Matthew 6, verse 6, Jesus described it like this. He said, find a quiet secluded place, so you won't be tempted to role-play before God. What does that mean? Well, a lot of times if we pray around other people, that's important to do too, but when we're around others, we're, we, it's easy to think about what they're thinking about us, or say the right prayers that sound good. But this is like, hey, get away from all that. Get in a quiet place. Find a quiet, secluded place, so you won't be tempted to role-play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. And the focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. I want to encourage you to, to practice this. If, you know, some of you are like, man, I haven't done this for weeks. I haven't done this for months. I've never done this. And practice that and you will experience his grace in your life. Come to Jesus in that way. There's also just, just checking in throughout the day. Just as you're going about your day, okay God, wait, I'm coming to you. What do you have for me? I need you. And just sort of checking in, connecting with him. I've found, because it's so easy for me, like every time there's a quiet moment, I'm like, check my phone. I wonder who posted something on Facebook. Whatever. I've, I've 
oftentimes I've tried to do this, is like, okay, when I have that urge, instead of doing that, let's check in with God. And let's just have a God connection, because that's, that's really what I'm looking for. That's really what I'm needing in that moment. Um, so come to me. Come to me when you're heavy laden, when you're burdened down, and I will give you rest. That sound good? All right. So, so simple, but, man, so often not what we do. The second step's a little harder. So come to me, number one. Number two, give up control. Uh-oh, here come the rotten tomatoes. Now, this is really important. Give up control. It's really important because the reason why you're so much on overload and I'm so often on overload is because you're trying to control too much. You think it all depends on you. You know, you've got this, so many sayings in America to back it up. If, it, if it's to be, it's up to me. You know, we've got all these philosophies and sayings. Like, yeah, I've got to do it. It's not going to happen unless I do it. But it's really more like this, where if you take a bucket of water and you stick your hand in that bucket of water and you pull your hand out, look at how big of a hole you left. That's more the reality of how much it's all depending on you. All right? That's, the world is not depending on us. We are not the managers of the universe. But it, it's so easy to feel that way. And some of you are thinking, well, I know this is really important, but I'm not a high-control person. You know, I know someone who is. I may be married to someone who is. Or my best friend is a high-control person. But that's not me. But if you think that, you're probably even more controlling. <laughs> the, the reality is we're all control people. We all like to control things. Some people it's more overt and obvious, where it's you know, strong, maybe a little manipulative. There are ways of controlling. You're like, no, that's, that's a controlling person. But some of us, it's more subtle. We're good at con- trying to control things without people thinking we're controlling things. Which, ask me which is even more developed in their controlling. I think it's that one. Um, everybody wants control. And, but look at Jesus' second solution. First he says, come to me. Then he says, Take my yoke upon you. You're like, wait a minute, that doesn't sound very relaxing. That's like, yoke is a piece of wood that you put on a farm animal, to, or farm animals, for them to do work together. But a lot of us, it's like we're a wild American bison, and you try to stick a yoke on that animal. Like, no, don't touch me with that thing. You know, I want my freedom. Don't, don't put that yoke on me. Um, but you know, a yoke is, it's, it's a piece of wood that really it's designed to bring two animals together so that the load is shared. The load is spread out between the two. It becomes lighter. It's not a harness, that's for one animal, but it's a yoke. It's a symbol of partnership. Um, it's, the purpose is to make it easier on the animal, not harder. And really it is that. It's a symbol of partnership that God is saying, hey, I never meant you to carry all these problems by yourself. I want you to be yoked up with me so that we can carry the load that is the appropriate load that I have for you together. And that may mean stepping aside because we may think, oh, I don't want that yoke. But you know what? If, if, you lo- if you saw a picture of you, you probably got about 17 bazillion other yokes on you. And Jesus is saying, hey, take those yokes off. And there is a yoke that is for me. And it's with me. And stick your head in that. Oh, I mean, that's great, because God's a good person to be yoked up with, right? Like, we, it's, he's not saying, hey, 
you know, yoke up with me because I need some help. I'm tired. Like, I need you to carry the load for me. Will you please help me out? No, I mean, he doesn't get tired. It's not for him. It's for us that he calls us to put his yoke upon us. There are, there are things that we're pulling that we shouldn't be. But we're, we're made to pull something. And that's the calling of God, the, the place where he calls us to walk with him and join with him and put his yoke on us. Um, it's amazing that you know, the greatest place of peace that we find is in partnering with God and his will for our life. And there are, one thing I've learned is when I start my day, a lot of times I just ask God, like, okay, God, I've got all these, like, things that are coming to my mind. But God, what are the two or three things that you really want me to focus on today? And it's amazing, those things will, will rise to the top. Like, okay, that's what's really important. And you know what happens when I don't do those things? I'm weary and heavy burdened and not doing too good. You know what's happened when I do those things? There's peace, and there's a sense of fulfillment, and purpose, and power, and like, yes, I am living the life I was meant to live. And a whole lot of other stuff gets done, too. It's, it's amazing how that works. And so, you know, a, a yoke is a symbol of partnership, because it's, it's not by ourselves, but it's joining with God, and he brings his grace in that place. And, you know, it's really a good test that whenever, if you feel overstressed right now, if you feel overburdened right now, it is... Uh, it, it is an indication that you're not yoked up with Jesus in that place. Because stress is a, it's like a warning light. It's like a danger signal that goes, danger, danger, danger. You're carrying this thing on your own. But the moment that we come to that place of coming to him and giving him control and joining with him, that stress goes away. That anxiety goes away. Jesus says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. So if what we're experiencing isn't that essence of lightness and easiness, then, then we're missing something of what God has for us. Um, yeah, it's also, a yoke's about partnership, it's also about control. So, you, you know, a, a, an oxen that's yoked up, it doesn't get to decide where it gets to go. It doesn't get to decide how slow or how fast it goes. It gives up control. And the farmers yoke up the farm animals so they'll go the, in the same direction, to the same place, at the same pace, together. And a lot of times we're like, okay, God wants to overburden me, but usually God is saying, I want you to slow down. And next week, we're, Rob's going to talk, and we're gonna, he's going to talk about pace. And that's going to be so important. But a lot of times we, we are overburdened because, and I'm the worst offender of this, we're trying to do too much, we're trying to go too fast. And, but it's when we're connected to Jesus and we're, Sensing what he wants to do at his pace, there's a peace that comes. Psalm 55.2 says, Pile your troubles on God's shoulders, and he'll carry your load and help you out. Man, that's good stuff. Um, this is one more thing I want to say about a yoke is that a yoke is that when it says that yoke is easy, literally those words mean my yoke fits perfectly. And it's like the master carpenter who would fashion that. They would take measurements of the animal, actually, and make a yoke that fit that, sp that specific animal. And because it fits, it's an easy, easy to pull. And that's what God has for us. Like He has a yoke for each one of our lives that fits us because God made us. He has a purpose for us. He has a plan for us. He has a yoke that fits our life. But when we got something that doesn't fit right, that chafes. 
that hurts, that causes injuries. But when we put on the right one that fits us perfectly, it brings peace. All right. So take my yoke. Give up control. The third thing, the third principle here is, is learn to trust. I love what Jesus says here. The third thing he says about the stress management is, learn from me, for I am gentle, I am humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So he says, learn from me. Why do we need to learn from him? Well, Jesus modeled peace more than anybody ever has. And so he's saying, hey, learn what I got, because I want to give you that same peace. And it's, watch me, watch what I do, learn how I live, and then replicate it. And you'll experience the same thing. Um, it's interesting that learning is something that doesn't happen overnight. But it's a process. It's, we we got we to give ourselves to it, and, and take, it takes time. But it's really interesting, it's, if you look at what are we supposed to learn. He says, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble. What he wants us to learn to overcome the stress and anxiety is gentleness and humility. Now, I don't know about you, but when I, that's not what I think about. When I think about the challenges of life and the, the load, the burdens, I think like, okay, I need more stamina and strength and endurance and courage. I, I don't think, make me more gentle and humble. I think, make me more courageous and better time management skills. And better organized. Yeah, then I'll be able to handle this stuff. But no, Jesus doesn't say that's the answer. Those are all good things, but the root of it, he says, you'll learn how to be gentle and humble like I am. And that's because the two of the biggest causes of stress in our life are the opposite of being gentle and humble. It's the attitudes or the the characteristics of arrogance and aggression. Arrogance and aggression. Now, it's interesting, because those are things that are like, I mean, I, I like coaching kids, and like one of the most things I focus on the most is being aggressive. And as Americans, there's so much about, hey, you know, you got to do this. Make it happen. And there's some truth in that. Um, but if taken out of bounds, if it's just on us, then it becomes very unhealthy and very unhelpful very fast. It's the aggression of, of not waiting of not pacing ourselves, of not thinking things through, of not pausing, of just going for it. Just like, we just got to move forward. And when we do that, what happens? We get overcommitted. We do too much. We, we take too much on ourselves from just that aggress- aggression, and then we get overburdened. And so, yeah, I'm sure none of you have ever done that. I'm sure none of you have had a schedule that's like, man, how did this get so full? How did this happen to me? You know, it's so much easier for your schedule to get filled than to fulfill what's in your schedule. It's just, it's so much easier to, to, for your schedule to get filled than to, like, for, to minimize those things. But a lot of that is just the aggression. Just like, hey, I'm going to do this. And that is, is connected to the arrogance. Which the arrogance is that, hey, I can do anything. Like, we wouldn't say that quite. But it's just like, hey, I've, I can control things. I can handle this. I know what's best for me. I'm going to control my life. I got this figured out. I know what's best for me. And if you just get with my program, then all of, all of our lives will get better too. That's, that's how we tend to think. But it's 
No, the opposite is, is gentleness and humility. And those of you who are married or have kids, this is the world, this, the tension we live in all the time of like our arrogance and our aggression so often creates the tension that then we have to figure out and, and solve the problems that that, that that creates. So, man, God is coming to us and he's saying, hey, I want you to remember that you're not the Savior. You don't have to take this on you. Take my yoke. Come to me. Learn from me. And I want to give you my peace. I want to give you the right pace in your life. All right. Three things. Come to me. Give up control. And learn. Learn his gentleness. Learn his, his humility. Um, yeah, I just want to read this, this verse one more time. That, that we, our, our theme here and from Matthew 11. Now, we all get a lot of invitations. We've got a bunch of weddings happening this summer. A bunch of graduations happening. We get birthday party invitations all the time because we've got kids. But this is like the best invitation we're ever going to get one Jesus gives us here. I just want to read it again. He says, Come to me, all of you who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your soul. For the yoke I will give you is easy, and the load I will put on is light. And what's weighing you down today? Is it a job? Is it finances? Is it school? Anxiety? Children? Family situation? A relationship situation? What is it? Well, whatever it is, God is inviting us to come to him and to to give that to him. The greatest thing that weighs us down is, is separation from God. It's trying to live our life without God, trying to live separate from God on our own. And Jesus even took that load for us on the cross. In 1 Peter 2.24, it says, Jesus personally carried the load of our sins in his own body when he died on the cross so that we can be finished with sin and live a good life from now on. So I just want to pray, pray for us together and give us a chance to come to God, even right now, and, and bring, bring whatever it is to him. So, so let's, let's pray. And as we do that, I want to ask you, have you ever come to Jesus with 100% of your life? You know, not come to religion, or come to church, or try to learn principles or techniques, but come to Jesus and, and trust him. He's inviting us to do that today. I invite you to pray this with me. Dear God, I'm tired of, of trying to control everything. I'm trying to, to be the one in charge. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for, for all the things I've turned to for relief, all the things I've turned to for comfort instead of you. God, I ask you to forgive me today for taking on more because of my insecurities, because of my ego. Forgive me for taking on more than you intended for me. Lord, I, I want to take time. I want to learn to sit quietly before you. I want to learn to come to you and trust in you and learn from you.
God, today I give you my load. I take on your yoke that you have for me. And if you've never entrusted your life to, to Jesus, I just invite you to pray with me today. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my whole life. I give you my load. I'm ready to stop being the one in charge. And I, I receive the, the forgiveness you gave for me when you died on the cross. I entrust my life to you. I want to take your yoke and walk with you. Lord, help us to walk this out. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.